0: Don't you dare Speak for someone you don't know they feel it in the back of their throat We know I can't construct a poem Cause words like girls get bored and run Say la vie I say I've got so many better things I've got nothing, you should see me. I smoke myself to sleep and blame Postmodern things I can't relate Like camp in
1: Welcome to Golf Origin Stories. My name is Chris McEwen, and that's a, a band called The Format with a song called Dog Problems off of an album with the same name. Uh, a band out of Phoenix, Arizona that unfortunately no longer exists. They disbanded uh, quite a few years ago, and it's probably been about 10 years, maybe longer. But um, the lead singer of that band, Nate Roos, went on to become the lead singer for a band called Fun, which I alluded to in a previous episode or episode of the show. Uh, And then now he's doing some solo stuff. The band was, they had a reunion tour scheduled this year. And um, unfortunately, It has been postponed along with every other concert this year, essentially. But that was another one that I had planned on going to with my kids, actually, which is, uh, which is why I play this one because as I record this, it's father's day. Uh, so happy father's day to all the dads out there. Happy father's today. Day to all the moms that are wearing both hats and are also dads. Um, Hopefully you had a great day. I can tell you I've kind of got two stories about Father's Day to, to tell you. Oh, and by the way, for those that are just here for the first time to listen to uh Canadan, U T H peers that are here for Dan Edwards, I do this thing where I play a different song at the beginning of every episode. And uh I've I've combined this show as kind of a combination of my love of music and my love of golf. And so this is kind of something I, I do. So um, welcome. Again, my name's Chris. Thank you for, for joining. Um, feel, scre- feel free after the episode if you like it to subscribe and to rate it and review it or tell a friend or share it, whatever you want to do with it. But um, uh, anyways, I do this thing where I talk about the song a little bit or I relate it to a guest. Um, and there was a different song that I was going to use uh, for Dan's episode. Uh, I was actually going to use a bare naked lady song because I figured, can't you know, Dan being from Canada, maybe I thought I would use a Canadian band. I had already used the Weaker Thens, who are also a Canadian band, but um, but I changed my mind after the day I had as a father. Um, so story number one: when I was six years old, and I promise this has a this has a happy ending. But when I was six years old, um, my father left. He bugged out um, my parents were very young when they had myself and my brother they were my mom was basically out of high school she was eighteen years old. My father wasn't much older he was probably twenty um, but he bugged out when I was six, and my younger brother was about four so obviously we were we were fatherless for a little while, but then a man entered into my mother's life named Scott McEwen and I call him dad now because Scott McEwen stepped into that role and earned that title so when I speak of the man who left I tend to refer to him as my father but my dad is Scott McEwen and we call him dad and I love my dad and the things that he has sacrificed throughout his life the man drove, he was a mechanic, and we lived in a small town outside the city of Chicago, uh, and he drove an hour one way just for a better job, and so that was that was 5 a.m. wake-ups, so he could get to work by 6, spend the day there, be home by 7, basically, because he would wait for traffic to clear out a little bit before he came back home, and so... um, yeah, so just kind of I just wanted to give my appreciation to my dad for the for for what he did for us and for what he provided and and it wasn't an easy transition for me. Um I still had some for whatever reason uh some allegiance to my father and um so it was a rough go at the beginning. And, uh, and I I resist a little bit. I think maybe that's just part of my nature is to resist that kind of change. Um, but I was a kid and I was probably confused or whatever, but, um, but he, uh, in my eyes, for whatever reason, as a child, he, he earned his keep, um, to the point that I now have his last name. I thought I I want to, uh, I want to carry that, that last name on for him. And, uh, and so that's where I've gotten my last name from. So for those that have listened to previous episodes when I, in which I spoke about my first name being changed from, not changed like that, but from changed from a CH to a K, and now you know the backstory of my last name. Yes, I have legally changed my name twice, so or at least my name has been legally changed twice. I didn't have anything to do with the first time. My parents just decided to change the first letters of my name. Anyways, so um, thank you, Dad. I love you, Dad. Um I will for- forever be grateful um you know some of our differences still exist uh with my dad and I, but that doesn 't affect our relationship at all we have We have great conversations about most things um we love each other we 're very supportive of each other um and unfortunately he 's one of the reasons I look forward to my Arizona trip obviously every year, which this year is is more and more looking like will not happen, at least as scheduled. Hopefully I can get there, get out there later, but I will miss him terribly. Now, the other Father's Day story that I've got to share, which I'm really kind of coming down still from, it was such a high. So if you listen to my, my story, episode one of this podcast, uh, I came to the game of golf v- later in life. Uh, I've only been playing it for about 10 years or so. Uh, I quickly fell in love with the game, but I was in my early thirties and, uh, I also coincidentally enough had kids as a younger man. Um, and so I didn't really see, like, I didn't bring my kids with me to the golf course necessarily. Um, because I was also a divorced dad. So, uh, the time I spent with them was what they wanted to do a lot of the time. Um, or they had other things, you know, other interests that I wanted to support. So for whatever reason, they never really, my son did a little bit of golfing with me or golf, played golf with me a little bit, um, here and there, or he would drive the cart and things like that, but it never really took necessarily my girls. I have two older daughters. Um, they've never gone out with me to play golf. So, um, today as my father's day gift, the three of them joined me for nine holes um, for a twilight round of nine holes. and I have to tell you it's it was it's the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. uh We just enjoyed we we all enjoyed it so much. we all hit some good shots that we high- fived over. We all hit some bad shots that we laughed about. Um, my son hit like a 45 foot putt with 10 bucks on the line. I, I, I threw it out there for anybody that makes the putt, I'll give you 10 bucks and he sunk it and it was so much fun. And otherwise, you know, we just kind of, it was, it was what, it was everything I'd ever hoped for with a round of golf with my kids. And it was just, it's the best Father's Day gift I've ever received that they've ever given me. And there's some really, really cool things about You know, my my daughter's 21, Uh, my younger daughter is 19, my son is 18, but even still, you know, I host this show called Golf Origin Stories and there in front of me was essentially three brand new origin stories that I would be a part of because the most perfect response at the end of our nine holes um, was the three of them wanted to do it again and wanted to do it again soon. So, I mean, how great is that? it was just the best thing ever. And we just spent two hours, you know, on the golf course, um, listening to music and talking and laughing and just having a really great time. And I just loved every single second of it. And that's why I played this song. So that's ultimately why I changed the song from bare naked ladies to the format, because my kids and I also have a, this commonality of my, I think my probably greatest influence on them was my love of music. And so we sort of have these albums that I wore out while they were younger and that they basically, it's like the the background music of the soundtrack of their youth. Um, and there are several different albums like that. Wilco is a few of them. Kings of Leon is another. But Dog Problems by The Format was uh, an album that I absolutely love to this day. It's so good. And so we had that playing while we were out on the golf course. and And so we're singing along and we're talking about when Different songs were on where we were and what we were doing. And and um, and so, you know, I thought I would play that uh, just to kind of reminisce about those moments one more time. So, again, Happy Father's Day. I hope you had as, as good a day that I had. Um, and I can tell you that my kids and I will be out playing some golf again together very soon. And I couldn't be happier about it. Really, really couldn't be happier about it. It's just such a great thing. So now that we've gotten through that, let's talk about my guest. And as some, I'm sure, new listeners are saying, like, finally. <laughs> but my guest this week is Dan Edwards, he of the Hacker's Paradise fame. I met Dan back, I think it was January now. It seems so long ago. Back in January, um, they were shooting, um, well, they were, they were collecting data for the THP show, uh, Range Days. It was James Miles um, and Dan Edwards were there testing clubs and collecting data. And of course, everyone's pal, Josh Babbitt, otherwise known as JB, was there. And Josh asked me, JB asked me to come out and and shoot uh, a trailer for Range Days. And so that's what I did. I spent the day basically running around with cameras and things and flying drones indoors and all that kind of good stuff. Thank you. Club champion, by the way, for allowing me to do that. Uh, And that's where I met Dan. And recently, Dan has launched all kinds of things. So obviously, he's doing Range Days with James, but he's also started a podcast called Off Course with Rob Miller, which is a lot of fun. And so we talk about all of those things. We talk about his THP origins and his sort of gear, um, kind of nerdery origins and how he got involved in that sort of stuff. And then, of course, we talk about his own golf origin story. So with all of that said, let's talk to our pal, Dan Edwards. All right, Dan Edwards, you are, uh, you're Canadan, not Canadian, but you are Canadian. Well, let's just confuse everyone right from the start.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some people so you, think it's a, it's a autocorrect gone wrong.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um, But you're Canadan on Twitter and in the THP forums as well, right? You're like, you're a big deal
0: on that thing, right? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, I'm actually doing really, really big work on my Twitter right now, trying to be more relevant. I bailed on it not uh, a couple of years ago. It just got a little bit too heavy for me. Um, Well, what what
1: happens is when you get it, when you start a podcast, right, you have to kind of, you have to do those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. It comes with the territory. I got super into the THP community. We have an awesome forum community over there that it, it's hard to, it's hard to not jump in and just be sucked in for hours. And I think the same kind of thing happens with social. Once you get wrapped up in it, you just want to go, go, go. So I kind of put it on the back burner, but yeah, like you said, now that we have a little bit more of an outward audience, I definitely want to connect and be a bit more relevant outside of just, you know, THP's YouTube and uh, our forum.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so the show that I re- I'm referencing, for those that don't know, you you guys have just started off, started a, uh, a new podcast called Off Course, right? With uh, Rob Miller.
0: Yeah, it's, we're eight episodes in already, which is crazy. We're about to record our ninth here uh, on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing how fast time goes, but and yeah, it's, it, it's been see, a blast.
1: What's fun to me, so, um, you know, I'll listen to the show and, and I'll, I'll laugh along and giggle along because, um, but then it, when it shows up on Twitter when you guys have these ridiculous debates, which are just the best. <laughs> um, so let's just get a few things out of the way, right? So you, are, you apparently are, you're pro egg on a burger.
0: Right? I, I think, I, my argument is if you're at a new place that you're not familiar with and there is a burger on the menu with an egg on top, you absolutely have to get it. Okay. I've never had such a thing. You've never had a burger with an egg on it? Never in my life. So basically, it's like a perfect marriage between breakfast and dinner. It's just a, it's a celebration
1: <laughs> do you, is that all you get on it or do you get other like do you get like
0: yeah like, you can do tomatoes uh, okay lettuce, cheese you, like, you can you put get whatever hash you want on with tomato. it or
1: anything or is it just uh, like- honestly,
0: if someone were to say, do you want to throw a hash brown patty on this already gargantuan <laughs> burger you're about to digest, I'm going to immediately say yes, like lay it on me <laughs> and I want fries on the side because I clearly have. No care in the world for the quality of health I'm taking into next week.
1: <laughs> right. Once once you agree to an egg on a burger, it's like you, you know the horse is out of the barn. You're like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the other one that I saw, which it's just the best because I've had this. These are the confer- these are the debates that you have with like your pals, like on a golf course, like right. somehow or whatever. These things show up. The um the ketchup debate.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> So this is the joke that's kind of running around right now with me and Rob. I think we might actually have more success as a food podcast because <laughs> everyone gravitates towards these and in my defense, nothing I do is all that crazy, but this man is adamant that you can only put ketchup in the pantry. You must not refrigerate ketchup, which I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: um that's disgusting. Yeah, right. First of all. So and I but I get so I get the gist of it. So I have a thing about um, mixing, and I think this is where he, cut where, where Rob is coming from. Um, But you don't want your, you don't want different temperatures on your food. Like I like my food the same temperature. If I'm eating something cold, I want everything to be cold and save from maybe like hot fudge by the only exception. But like, and I don't put ketchup on anything, but I will tell you that like, even if I put mayo on a sandwich, it has to be like, the whole thing has to be heated up. I can't huh. have cold a cold thing
0: on like a hot food. that throws off the whole deal. It was so this, it was. So this goes the same for like PB and J.
1: Well, P, yeah. So I don't eat PB and J because the jelly's cold. <laughs> because I keep it in the fridge.
0: <laughs> uh, why do I keep I getting on these food podcasts, man? I don't understand. <laughs> Although, all right.
1: So one that's more. And this one. This one runs to the heart and soul of golfers um, is the proper usage of the word golf.
0: Oh yeah. This is a good one. This
1: was the new one, right? Where? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there's, and I don't I, see, here's where, here's where I'm terrible at these sort of things because, um, for the most part, like, and I've done, so I spent a, in a previous life, I did a ton of proofreading and editing and all these sorts of like you know, document editing stuff. And and so I think now that I'm kind of retired from that, I don't have the energy anymore to just really care because it, it'll, it, it'll just drive me crazy. But I, I, I get it. I get it. But then I just like, what whatever. If you want to say that you're going golfing, say you're going golfing, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't.
0: But there are like, there are a group of people who are genuinely mm. bothered by the idea of someone saying they're going golfing. Like you, you are oh, yeah. legitimately... Not serious golfer. If you refer right. to it as golfing, right. and I'm right. like, I'm I'm I don't even know how old I'm. 35 this year, and I I don't think I've ever really heard a full argument towards this before. And It became relevant to me lately, and and I just started laughing. I'm like, you know what? This kind so, kind of sounds fun. I'm gonna start doing that. I'm gonna start really <laughs> pushing my boys to say, you can't say that anymore, bud. You have to say we're going to play golf. You can't say right. golfing. You're not a right. real golfer. <laughs> right. But well, the reality right. is most people are like, you know, who cares?
1: Yeah. It's like, oh my God. If the, if golf could just for a minute just get out of its own way and just let people say the word golfing, it'd
0: be great. It'd be well, we, we've done a pretty impressive job over the last couple of centuries destroying the English language, right? <laughs> no one's right. getting mad when you say I'm going to go instead of I'm going to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: right. Golfing. I'm going to go golfing. <laughs> there you That's go. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> So the other the other show that you host, um, which I was sort of kind of a little tiny part of, um, is Range Days.
0: Yeah, right? yes, which is
1: awesome. Which I don't think there's anything else. I don't, I, it, there's nothing else I think on that I've seen anyways on the internet um, that is doing that kind of thing where it's just a full breakdown of of equipment. You know, for I mean, you know, you guys talk about you guys will talk about a set of irons um, or a driver or whatever it may be for you know, an extended period of time, 45 minutes an hour or something like that.
0: Yeah. I would talk about it for an hour. I think people get pretty bored and and bail after about 35 minutes. So we try and keep it under a half hour. Most times we're talking about more than one iron more often than not. Well, every time it's within the same iron company and the basic lineup. Uh, But yeah, range days was, it was actually something we put together last year, myself and JB over at THP, we said, wouldn't it be fun to go and just hit all the equipment, all the drivers on the market? And we'll yeah. we'll hit them with stock shafts and we'll kind of neutralize a potential variable of doing it on different days. And let's not just take what I'm doing with the clubs. Let's talk about the clubs itself. Let's talk about the tech that's involved and then use my experiences as kind of a a reference point to is this product really doing what it's supposed to? And that was the exciting part about transitioning into irons this year and especially utilizing Club Champion. Um, And I hope all the all the folks that listened to this had a chance to watch our intro video because that was absolutely (laughs) incredible. Um, The hard work you guys put into that. But this year we get to go to Club Champion in Chicago, which was awesome because we took out all the variables. And by that, I mean, we used a single shaft in every single iron head. So you get a really good perspective of, yeah, maybe I swing a little bit harder than some people do. Yeah, maybe I hit the ball a little bit higher than some people do. But at the end of the day, when there are 10 to 20 videos that reference my swing and we're talking about tech all the way through and what the intentions are, then you get a pretty good perspective, especially for those who don't have access to that kind of product locally. So it's been a fun process. It is A lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I remember I came
1: in on day two to shoot and, um, and you guys were exhausted. Yeah. Just, you were, I mean, granted you were, it seemed you guys were enjoying everything that Rosemont had to offer maybe Mm -hmm. the night before, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you guys put in a ton of swings and a ton of work on that stuff, man.
0: Let's, I think that's the beauty of it. And we're looking at this, not from specifically a professional standpoint, None of us are club professionals. None of us are trained specifically on this, but we're passionate for the game and we have a lot of access to information and we've digested a lot of information. So our goal is not to say this is the absolute solution. This, our goal is to simply educate and provide reference points. And the best way to do that is to hit uh, mm-hmm. hit products and what better place to do it than Club Champion on um, a product that we absolutely love, which is the Foresight uh, GC Quad Yeah. Yeah. The first episode was, was my favorite because those are my irons.
1: Oh, really? The the UHX. Yeah. Yeah. That, those those things, man. I love those things so much. And it just like reaffirmed listening to you guys talk about, I'm like, yep, yep. That's true. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) So we, we chose them for a reason because if you look at Cleveland, it's not to say that they don't have the same potential reach that everyone else has, but, their accessibility to people. It's not readily the same as let's say a Mizuno or a Titleist who have been, you have your absolute focused people out there that say I have to hit a Titleist. I have to hit a Mizuno more often than not, when people are reaching for a Cleveland, especially with all the product they're coming out with now, it's like we need a reason to go check this out. And what better way to do that than to get on the internet and digest some content. So we, we actually had those irons out at a THP event last year uh, I think it was in September or October. Yeah, and when they first launched. Like, yeah, about, and we yeah. and we had like we had like fifteen people there with all kinds of irons across the the spectrum. No real focus. So we had blades. We had hollow bodies. We had mega game improvements. Um, That's not even a category. Super game improvements. <laughs> uh, but the UHX was one of those irons that people hit, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Like immediately when they yeah. hit them, they sounded good. The yeah. results were positive. They had a nice progressive set concept that was built in. Shout out to uh, Brunsky and his team over there who were doing right. incredible things. And it's like, what better way to kick off range is, especially from an iron perspective, than an iron that people aren't genuinely, well, some are aware of, but not everyone's aware of to where yep. they can go hit it and be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. For real. That's
1: that. So I got a I got a little sample set early or late last year, and then uh, I got a, a, just a, a small taste because then it started snowing uh, here in Chicago, so I, I had to shelve them. But uh, one of the first things I did was was get me a full set because that nice. they were I was sold on them. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. But um, yeah, one of I, the I think. You you hitting the uh, six iron two hundred yards is is just the worst. Just,
0: just oh man, it's it's been a really interesting year. I'm I, I'm the last guy to celebrate things I do. I, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think that golf is more important from an enjoyment standpoint than a success standpoint from a score perspective. Um, but I'll tell you what, this has been a really weird year for me. And I mean, six hundred or two hundred yard six irons is it's starting to progress, progress in that seven iron spot. And so I'm like, I'm like on another planet of concern right now for myself. Are
1: you going to have to, you're going to have to slow your swing down. Like actually, actually like have to
0: take it easy. So on day one, (laughs) you, you had mentioned you showed up on day two on day one. And this is like, what was it? The middle of February. So yeah. I'm from Ohio. We don't golf in February that much. So I'm like, I've got my February golf swing with me and I'm just ripping balls. All right. I am just <laughs> going to town. We had a live stream. It was a ton of fun. And I show up on day two and my swing is like legitimately three to five mile an hour slower. I'm like, you know what? This yeah. might be a blessing in disguise, but I was in pain, my dude, for yeah, like a you, week yeah. afterwards.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I mean, how many swings do you think you in those
0: two days i mean uh, i don't know i i'd be hundreds, pretty right i mean for sure hundreds yeah i think 500 would probably be a little bit yeah. excessive but you know i based on the numbers we had on the screen on Trackman, it was getting upwards of like 98 to 99 mile an hour swing speed with a six iron and then on uh gc quad it was like 103 so <laughs> it's it's one thing to like all right i'm gonna hit some wedges it's another thing to do yeah you know, over a hundred or at a hundred mile an hour for hundreds of swings when no offense to myself, but I'm not exactly in peak physical condition. So like I'm not hitting the gym and then going up to Chicago to hit balls. Right. Right. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was a rough one. I I enjoyed the rum the the following evening when we all went out downtown. That was good. Yeah. Right. So where did you,
1: where did your kind of your gear nerdery sort of begin? We'll start with that origin story. When did you kind of find that. I know you're also, we haven't talked about how I think you're kind of a, you're a a putter geek
0: too, right? (laughs) Um, Not as bad as most. I'm, I'm obsessed, genuinely obsessed with finding the perfect (laughs) putter. So it's not so much that I'm like geeking over it, but I love craftsmanship. Uh, I've really enjoyed diving into some of the more boutique brands. I've not bought enough of them or bought bought into enough of them because like, it's a big leap to do that, especially when you know, there's, they're Instagram famous, but are they really famous from, uh, from a market standpoint, the argument would probably be no. right? Uh, and right. once they are, it's, you know, you get into Tyson lamb and oh, I'd love to try that putter for $3,500. No problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but from a gear perspective, I don't know. I, I think it's always been a curiosity to me to better understand it. And I remember one of the, so as soon as I got out of college, I started playing these Bridgestone J 33s and shout out to my guys at Bridgestone. I love their product, love their balls. Uh, I, so yeah, that was like, that's my I ball. Was, yeah. Nice. So I was, yeah. I was really into the J 33s, but there's nothing to them. Sure. And then I started getting involved with these online communities and debating and THP, you know, obviously sucked me in the, the way that they, really drive people into their site because there's a lot more than just golf that's being discussed there. It's yep. a genuine community feel. And I remember back in that time, I'm pretty sure Taylor made burner 2.0 irons were like the hottest <sighs> of hot. Uh-huh. So I'm like, Oh, I got to buy those irons. So I bought them and I'm like, Anyone who's had a burner 2.0 knows what it's like to hit a flyer with that. I mean, you'd be lucky to stop at 200 yards with a six iron. We're talking like 240 at this point. Yeah, you know, It's just like out of nowhere, you just blast one. And suddenly <laughs> it just like clicks in my head like technology is effing cool, right? I want to know more about how and why. Uh, but I'm also a high spin guy. So every time a new product comes out, I want to know where is the... Where's the CG? How much spin is there? Hmm. What is what is driving this technology? Even though I'm typically in a player CB profile, I still am so curious about these companies that are coming out. I know we had talked uh, in Chicago that day about the King Forge techs from Cobra and how yeah. uh, fascinated I was by them at the time, being able to create that hollow body profile while also making a club that sounds unbelievably good. Yeah, it's like you know the marriage of two perfect worlds. So I don't know. It's just kind of grown. It started, I would say, probably in 2010, and has really just ramped up and never really stopped.
1: <laughs> so what's what's the what putter is in the bag right now? Is it the closest Shot. you found to perfect, or do are you swapping <laughs> things out all the time? So,
0: so I'm going to catch a lot of grief. Uh, I'm going to make sure all my boys <laughs> watch uh, listen to this. Uh, so I have a Scotty Cameron Super Rat in the bag. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've had it for a couple years now. I put very well with it, uh, but every once in a while I have like a little fit where I think, <laughs> cause so if anyone who knows me is probably laughing really hard, cause they're going to say, what is this idiot going to say about his putting game? And the reality is I lip more putts than anyone else. I know. Like I remember I, I one of my current most active golfer friends that I play with We had, the very first round we got together, I I lipped, I think, 11 of my first 13 putts. Oh, my God. And he said, what did you do? What what did you do to the golf gods? And I said, brother, I don't know, but this is just my world, okay? So, ever since then, and it's not like my numbers are bad. I I make a a fair share of putts, unless I'm on Bermuda, that's a whole different story, but... Uh, I make my fair share of putts. So ever since then, once I started realizing, okay, if if golf is a game of fractions of an inch and you you think, well, I have this putter, but maybe there's a putter out there that closes that gap by a fraction of an inch and that turns 11 lip putts into 11 made putts, right? Yeah. So it's that internal struggle of, do I really have the best for my game? <laughs> so yeah, but then yeah. you
1: have to, if if you, if you, don't like that is right now the best for your game the one that you're playing right the guy that you're playing then you know it, it could break your brain if you move to something else and you're like oh my god this is i've <laughs> so, made a
0: huge mistake <laughs> so t- two comments on that number one if jayman's listening my friend james miles a uh, staff writer on thp i will jokingly say that i've pondered a couple more mallets lately and he will lose his mind because he will absolutely <laughs> not tolerate me playing with a mallet for clarity uh, and I also have another buddy he's your, locally He's your
1: co-host pal on uh, Range Days, right? On
0: Range Days, yeah Who yeah. will legitimately reach through the computer screen And find a way to stab me <laughs> if I put a mallet in the bag But I also have another local buddy who says He gets genuinely He doesn't get necessarily mad when I don't bring the rat out But he gets mad or he gets happy He's he <laughs> Almost every round when I show up And the super rats in the bag He goes, that really makes me happy He calls me Danny <laughs> 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 so I have like an emotional connection with a lot of people with the way I, and what I put with. So with maybe I should just putter. stamp the damn thing in and just commit to it. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to, I have another, I have a second before we get to the main origin story. Where, how did you get so involved with
0: THP? Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually just surpassed my my decade uni, uh, anniversary with them. I've been on there for 10 years Wow! In, um, Man, in May, yeah. So when it when I look back, it doesn't feel like ten years, but in reality is THP has grown so much over the course of those ten years that it's just a community. And I know you're likely about to ask me about what what my origin to the game of golf sure. is, but I think THP introduced me to the social aspects of the game. So I used to play competitive hockey and golf was kind of my secondary sport. So I would go on the golf course and I would treat it the same way as hockey. You grind, Mm -hmm. you do the best you can, you get pissed off and you, I'm not saying I broke clubs or threw clubs, but you legitimately present your anger when you have it. Yeah. Um, Right. And then I joined THP and I realized like, okay, let's sit back. Let's think about this. We're not going pro anytime soon. You've pretty much committed to not doing that.
1: So <laughs> let's, find,
0: let's find something more about the game that makes it interesting. Uh, and I found the social aspect of it. And that's kind of what ramped me up with THP is that every day that I spent on THP with fellow golfers, I realized, you know, this game is about so much more. And it made me want to give back at, at one point. Uh, so I got involved with writing product reviews, um, which I did for a number of years and I loved it. And then I I realized that as much as it's fun to be within the THP community and to engage with them and provide content, I'm also incredibly curious and hopeful that more people can find the community because it's such a good place for golfers to call home. Yeah. Uh, my joke is always save your wife. Come talk to us instead. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's very good. So, <laughs> so that's very good. So we got involved I was I was working with uh, Josh over there, JB on the forum, Yep. um about doing more of a content creator role and and that has really, I think defined my time there because it allows me to give back in a way that connecting bridging the community together with product with the industry, a couple of trips out to uh, California down to Atlanta, um, you know, just just trying to connect the two to where people feel like, they have a reason to buy a product more than just because the product's good. They buy the product because yep. they love what this company represents. They love the way that this company looks at the game. And to me, that's just become a passion, man. I I hope it doesn't stop. I hope would do it for another 20 or 30 years. It It's fun, right? It's, it's amazingly it's, fun. Yeah.
1: It's legit. Like, and it, um, like I probably got into the thing for a different website, but I probably should have jumped on to THP. And now, now I think about back about it, but, um, doing the same thing, kind of writing about some stuff and whatever. And, uh, and yeah, kind of took the same path, like eventually started playing with the camera and, um, and yeah, now it's just like, I can't, it's such a part of the game to me and just kind of, um, another, like you're saying, just, just that social aspect, whether it be on Twitter. And, and I will say I, when when we had, um, when I had Adam on the show, um, Fonseca, Mr. Uh, Golf Unfiltered. Um, I I said that the the THP forums are just such an impressive thing to me. Like, I don't, I'm kind of a ghost there. Like, I'll go and I read stuff and um, read reviews and and kind of get an idea of, you know, who's talking about what or whatever. Um, But it's just like this really cool place. And everyone's so nice and genuine and supportive and you're all there to, and, and yeah, like you are saying, like, it's not just like, yeah, there are golf forums and there are very specific golf forums, like a putter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's stuff where, you know, there's there's just all sorts of different kinds of threads that you can find yourself in and, and lose like literally a day just <laughs> kind of clicking in and out of different conversations that people are having. And it's, it is, it's super cool, man, that, JB and the other thing about I've I said about JB is like he's one of the most kind of uh not kind of, he's probably one of the most supportive uh kind of people in this industry that I've ever met. Like just straight up. Like the guy, he I really feel like he he doesn't have that um, you know, this is my thing and I'm gonna keep it my thing. It's more like I, I want you to, I want to, I wanna want you to come with, right? Be and careful I, like, because
0: if you if he's listening to this, he's gonna say enough, stop! Don't tell anyone <laughs> that. Don't, don't let right. anyone know that. Right. That's not who right. I am.
1: <laughs> he's a very, ladies and gentlemen. Despite what you may think and what he <laughs> what he may want you to think, JB is a very nice human being, uh, and I won't ha- I won't accept anything less.
0: Right. Well, you know, I, I think we call it THP, but at the end of the at the when you break it down, it's the hackers' paradise, and yep. we we have a genuine passion of keeping it that way. The idea that anyone who plays the game, a hacker, anyone from someone who doesn't keep a handicap because it's too high to someone who doesn't keep a handicap because he can't win any money games as a plus five. You know, it doesn't (laughs) matter what kind of golfer you are. There's a place on THP for you and there's an atmosphere that you are free to ask any question you have and it's not going to come back to you negatively. I I see all the time on... Social or on, and I'm, I'm not going to put anyone else on blast. So I won't. I, i'm That's not my play. But people would contest it like, "Oh, we've read this a thousand times. Oh, yeah. how do you not know the answer to that?" More like, "Hey, you know, there's some great content here. Go check it out on this in this thread." Yep. Or yep. they take the time and say, "You know what? I'm going to give you an answer right now because you look new here. You look interesting. Let's let's educate you and provide you with the information you're obviously looking for." because at one point we were all there. Right. So yeah, that's, that's yeah,
1: to me, that's, I I think that's a, that's a great point is that, um, I mean, God, I'm, I'm a professional bad or dumb question asker. I mean, I do it on (laughs) the show every week, but, um, but yeah, like there, that doesn't exist there. Like either, like you're saying, someone will point you to the answer or someone will be like, or many people will be like, Oh yeah, there's this and this and this. And that's, that was one of the ways. In fact, when I first went on to the hackers paradise forums that i lost a day of productivity in my life because (laughs) (laughs) you just click on you know you click on one thread link and it leads you to another place and you just keep going and going and yeah it's a it's a super cool place and, yeah, uh, and it, that. that's you know that that has a lot to do with what what you're doing and rob's doing and james and all you know all you guys are are putting the work in so
0: yeah shout out to all the mods all the staff writers yeah. um everyone putting time in on thp and shout out to the community members who make that place as great as it is <laughs> hope you guys are listening in and giving um chris an opportunity as obviously he's a silent member but hey we've always said thp <laughs> in your own way and that's totally fine as long as you're yeah. a thp or that's all that matters to us
1: I kind of do that. I do that. Well, I just, you know, I just like to, I love to read. And most of the time, if you go into a thread, if, even if I didn't know I had a question about something, I find an answer anyways. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't need to contribute. I can just read the stuff and it's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into, let's get, let's get into your origins. Okay. So where, where did it start? When did it start? How did it start? So just when golf in general? Yeah, when did this game grab you and and keep you?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. I actually, I, I had a basic idea that this question was coming, having listened to enjoyed a couple <laughs> of the other podcasts you've done. Um, so I called my dad tonight and I asked him a couple questions because if I'm bad at anything, it's remembering my childhood. It's pathetic how little I remember, <laughs> good, bad or ugly. Yeah. Uh, so, so I said to him, you know what? What are your earliest memories of us playing golf together? um and growing up in ontario canada we had we didn't really play in my hometowns uh i actually lived a little bit with my mom a little bit with my dad so we i didn't really play there and we had this place we we um uh cottage i guess vacation whatever you want to call it so we go up to on weekends or full weeks and they had all these putt-putt courses and uh you know small nine holes and i just remember getting out there and getting involved in the game like really casually uh, at that time, just cause it was something to do other than sit on the beach. And I don't know if anyone's seen any of the range days, uh, videos, I'm not exactly a beach goer. It doesn't work <laughs> well with my extremely well tanning skin. <laughs> right. So I, I was always looking for something else to do. So I think putt-putt was really my origin, uh, as really? crazy as that. Yeah, man, it was, I would spend hours. We had a little putt-putt course that was, I would call it less than a driver away from where my grandparents lived. At the time, wow. up in this uh, in this small cottage town, and so we would go down there and we would just play putt putt for hours, and then go eat candy, obviously, which is what kids <laughs> do. So, right. Um, and then I had a small nine hole course I played at during basically grade school or public school um, that I'd have to ride my bike down after school to. It would take me a half hour, forty five minutes to get down there, and I'd play the nine, come back home. It wasn't really until I got to America where I really invested in the game. We we uh, moved on to a beautiful private golf course made by Arnold Palmer and oh. uh, called the Oasis here, and I'm still okay. a member actually 20 years later, which is kind of cool. Wow! Um, and it, it it was kind of a perfect way to get my genuine love for the game going because it. I always say that golf is an incredible way to become a man, uh, to learn how to engage with other people, to learn how to speak properly in front of uh, people from business which at the time was a really big deal to golf and business so I would go and play mm-hmm. with my dad and his boys uh, I still kind of do that from time to time but it's not not really the same as it was um, and yeah I mean that to me that was that was more the origin than Canada Canada my my time during my youth was just more casual play I always okay. wanted to play because my dad loved it and my my grandfather's actually a stick he's got like a billion hole in ones, I th- I, at least a, <laughs> at least a couple. And he's won a really? bunch of tournaments. Yeah. He's, yeah. I'm I'm going to say, even though I've got some pretty good numbers down there, I'm going to commit to the fact that he was better than I am because it makes me feel good to say it. So yeah. <laughs> granddad was the, was a beauty. So, so what, what brought you, what brought you to the States? Was it just dad had a job or something or you got it, man? Yeah. Uh, we went, we went North America. So he, uh, you got transferred down here to run a logistics department for a company. Okay. And I said, I'll take the I'll take the risk. It was right in the heart of high school. So, Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not the greatest way to transition to the rest of your life, um, or to enjoy high school, to, uh, (laughs) carry through friends cutting halfway through, but I wouldn't change the world, man. It, it taught me a hell of a lot, about a hell of a lot. (laughs) I
1: bet. I mean, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that even for so. So, what was the first thing, kind of, if you remember, learning about the states, other than we like, we don't, we don't say we're going to university.
0: Go yeah, right? well, I actually, I yeah. actually already said a Canadian. <laughs> I, I blocked a Canadianism early on. You're going I to think cottage? sometime this morning. No, oh, well, if the, okay. if the cottage is like, what would you guys say here? What, what would you say? You go to uh, the. We would say like we put beach,
1: yeah. The beach or okay. the, you go to the cottage. But okay. you, you, like, I feel like Canadians just like, we go to cottage, we go to
0: university. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that. Uh, so the, okay. the one funny thing that, uh, it's when I moved, so I moved in with my dad, uh, down into where this nine hole course was in grade six. Whereas in okay. America, I'm pretty sure everyone here says sixth grade. Yes. You know
1: what That's I'm talking true. about.
0: Yep. So I moved down in the middle of high school. So I said I'm going into the grade 11, and someone goes, "So you're a junior?" I go, "I'm a junior right. what? I'm a junior what?" <laughs> well, you just finished your sophomore year. Soph, who? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I, these terms are foreign to me, and obviously I'm foreign in, in general. So, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's a couple easy ones right out of the gate. So, what did your dad say about his? What were
1: what were his earliest memories of you guys playing together?
0: Uh, yeah. So we would, we would go as a family, um, and play. Uh, and he said, he said we would fight for six holes or it would be fine for six holes. No, we'd fight for six holes. Then we'd be quiet for six holes. And then we'd all make up cause we knew dinner was coming afterwards. Um, I don't know how involved I was in that cause I was a pretty quiet kid, but I guess yeah. uh, he actually made a point during our discussion tonight to say that it had a little bit of something to do with the pace of play. Um, which oh, really? has aggressively injected that opinion into me. So I'm a pace of play guy for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but I don't remember that. Uh, I think my best memories, of my dad and, and are all here when I was a bit more of an accomplished golfer, we've done some pretty, pretty fun stuff. We had a member member tournament here a couple of years ago at my club where we actually finished third and it was nice. just a weekend full of awesome times and it's one of those things that just sticks in your head. Uh, but my favorite memory with him, if if you'll let me, is sure. uh, because once again I, I suck with early memories. I'm more good at the things that are you know less than twenty <laughs> years out. So right. he's he's got a group of boys uh, that that come down from Canada every year. It's gotten a little bit smaller over the years, um, but the idea and the concept still there. They all go down to the Carolinas in late March and play who knows what kind of golf, and who knows what kind of weather for a week. And they call it the Sandbaggers Cup or something like that. Okay. Um, And about, I want to say seven years ago, he invited me for the first time to go join him and his boys. And ever since, so so I've got like...
1: In your your mid-20s, you finally got the invite. (laughs) Yeah,
0: finally caught the invite. So we're talking... I've got an old hockey coach with me. I've got my namesake, my father or godfather with me, whose name my, wow. I'm named after. I've got a guy named Bubba who's from, he's like my introduction to the United States. He's this, you know, backcountry dude from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, his name's Arnold, we call him Bubba. Uh, you know, just this crazy group of guys that get together. The skill is all over the map. The yeah. interest in golf is absolute And as soon as you're done the golf, you just go and rip it up, have some pizza, have some drinks, play some cards, wake up the next day and do it again. And that, that to me has been so much fun every year going and doing that because that I I always said that golf can bridge so many gaps and to be able to go and connect with someone who is, I think, let's say 40 years, my senior or 30 years, my senior, um, without any sort of issue at all. And to be able to speak in a way that is educational for them, you know, be an authority on product, and to be able to talk and have them hang on words because I know what I'm talking about. Don't tell anyone, but every <laughs> once in a while I know what I'm talking about <laughs> Right. They, for all they know, I'm brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, to be able to do that as opposed to being talked to is such a cool feeling for a guy who is just getting out of college learning how to, you know, adapt in the real world with people of all ages around them. Yeah. Um, and it's the like cool you part get is-
1: to, You get to teach your, your like idols almost. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like I said, yeah.
0: these are guys that used to open the bench doors for me so I could go bash heads on the hockey rink, you know, they used to teach <laughs> right. me everything. Right. And now I'm teaching them a couple of things and it's, man, it's cool. It's a cool feeling. And that's, I think that's my, part of my passion for the game is just being connected with other people whether it's 30 years my senior or, you know, 15 years my junior, where we can all learn from each other and 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 have this neutral thing in common.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've talked about that uh, before, just how even with someone you may not know, like I'll walk onto a first tee and I'll meet whoever I'm, I happen to be paired up with that day. And immediately, like all the barriers are brought down, any, any sort of like, nothing else really matters other than we're all out playing golf and, and you, you naturally root for that person. You know, you yeah. want their putt to drop, you want their ball to, to hit the fairway. You, you help them find their ball that, you know, their wayward drive or whatever. It's like, it's such a, a unique thing to me that the, just the game itself,
0: like there's no other game where I feel like you do that necessarily. Well, as long as they say, let's go play some golf and not let's go golfing. Right. Because right, right. that's all out sure. the window if they say, let's I, I go golfing. I will walk right
1: off this golf course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you dare put that ketchup in the fridge.
1: <laughs> so when, one more question and I'll, I'll yeah. let you go. Um, you had said that you, you were a, a hardcore hockey player and you kind, of, you kind of played golf just to, you know, until you played hockey again, right? And um, kind of fill the time. So at what point did the game kind of take precedent?
0: over hockey was it just such a such a good question and it's not going to paint a pretty picture for cincinnati i'll be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh so like i said i played competitive hockey actually what what i did in the united states was i i started playing uh inline hockey which is really popular down here okay and so i started playing uh travel hockey got to see some really cool uh locations around uh the u.s We, we we would travel to like illinois and uh, Georgia and North Carolina, Tennessee saw a bunch of places. And I actually played for my college or Miami university here in, uh, uh in Ohio. Okay. Uh, and it was a ton of fun and I love doing it. And the nice thing about hockey, once you have all the product is it's not as expensive as like golf membership. So right. when I left college, golf was kind of on the back burner due to finances and that's just kind of the way it goes. So I was playing like rec hockey, and it got to the point where i was playing i was playing two sessions of inline and a session of ice every week right or every every session wow. i would have like three things i was doing so i was playing like multiple yeah. days a week and within yeah. two days i had a guy cross check me in the back end of the boards i had a guy wow. knee me which is one of the most dangerous things you can do yeah. and i had a guy determined to fight me on the <laughs> rink and i was and i sat back and this is like and i remember this because it was in it was in, I think, late April. So golf season is like just ramping up. And I came home to my wife and said, you know what? I am not throwing away a golf season because some scumbag needs to make a point. <laughs> I don't wow. care about hockey that much. So yeah. I quit it all right then and there. I still love watching it. I'm still passionate about uh, yeah. enjoying the NHL and all it has to offer. But from a sport perspective, I recognize that golf something I can play for the rest of my life. Whereas hockey, it definitely has a shelf life. Sure, sir. Sure. Cool, man. This
1: is fun. <laughs> yeah, this is I a lot can. of fun for me. Hopefully, it was fun for you. But I, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, so, buddy. All right.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I, I feel like uh, I've just been abusing your time by answering questions. I'm used to asking them, so this is great. I love it. <laughs> I gotta right, know, so man, Chris. What's your favorite drink?
1: Right now, I'm drinking. Um, well, what kind of drink? be more specific. No,
0: I don't need to be specific. I'm not asking what your favorite Gatorade is, brother. Right now,
1: right now I have th-
0: probably my favorite drink, which is a Manhattan. Okay. Classy. Yeah. I, I think all your <laughs> listeners knew you were pretty classy, so they probably expected that, right?
1: Right, right. They okay. they know that I'm a, just a, a classy,
0: functioning alcoholic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Should <laughs> why, we all why, be why, so lucky, right? Why, that's right. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, there's something about Man, I don't know what. I mean, what's your favorite drink? What, what oh are we- man,
0: I've been a rum guy for a long time. There's something about yeah. So I, I was always a Captain guy, and then I found okay. uh, Bacardi. Bacardi O Card is like my lover. Okay. And if if honestly price was no issue, I would drink Crown XO every night of my life. Crown <laughs> Crown Royal XO is like cheating the world of with deliciousness. Okay, but. <laughs> the, the Bacardi O-Card is amazing, but I'm pretty sure, and I, I don't have validation here, but I'm pretty sure they discontinued it. So I will be fighting someone. If you oh, guys don't yeah. hear me on the internet for a while. It's because I'm in jail for fighting Bacardi. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure how that's going to go or where I'm going to go about doing that, <laughs> but I'm I'm hot on their tail trying to figure out what happened.
1: Yeah, I've, I've just discovered um, in the past few years, uh, bourbon. Okay.
0: And and I've really taken a liking to it. A little high society. There's nothing wrong with I, that. I, I think that's the it. second time I said that to you this tonight. <laughs> it's true. Man. I mean, I
1: I do live in downtown. I really, yeah, I'm just living up to my um my perceived reputation. I live in a high rise in Chicago. So people, okay. I'm sure people are like, Of course, of course, McEwen drinks Manhattan. Okay. You bougie so, little bastard. So
0: So how's the Rona <laughs> for you up there then? Are you being are you able to play? I know it's a yeah, hot we are issue already, for like, Illinois. Yeah. We, yeah,
1: it took a little while for us to get mm-hmm. out, but we did get out. Um, I think beginning of May, they were allowing, uh, twosomes out every 15 minutes walking only. Okay. Um, yeah. It's Which to the, me, I gotta tell you, it was kind of heaven for a little while because it was just your golf course. Like yeah. me and my pal would go out and it would just be him, me and him. We wouldn't see anybody else. And, um, it was pretty nice. But, uh, but awesome. yeah now now it's a little bit more normalized. So we, it's foursomes every ten minutes, um, you know, individual carts if you want to ride, unless you're from the same family. So it's pretty much. Yeah, the other nice thing about the twosomes every fifteen minutes is that you can get through an hour, Mister Pace of Play, or you can get through a round in like three hours. You call like me Mister Cruise. Pace of
0: Play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can you can uh, cruise through it, man. It's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 pretty. You know, we had our we had our thing, you know, this past week where, um, you know, we had some people that were really angry and they were in my neighborhood. Like, literally, I saw them coming down the street and they looted my 7-Eleven and they looted oh. my CVS and Walgreens. Okay. And yeah, so that that uh, that kind of overtook the, the fears of of coronavirus. But we're, you know, in Illinois, I think we're down to about a five percent um, positivity rate. So it's pretty we're we're pretty good shape. That's not yeah. bad,
0: yeah, yeah. It's all right. I don't know about that two p some every fifteen minute thing. I think <laughs> I think that'd be pretty tough. We're foursome every twelve minutes, and we can't hardly get a tea time any week. Oh, so. it
1: was yeah. No, we were making like we were making tea times easily a week ahead. Mm-hmm. Like we would book. We we just started booking stuff up for the month. You know what I mean? Like until because right. we knew through May this is how it's going to be. But otherwise, yeah, there's no way. There's
0: Are you no a way. pin puller? You, you were, Do you miss pulling pins? <sighs>
1: Kind of, but now I think just like everything else, like I've just kind of grown accustomed to having it in. Um, Yeah, I don't, I'm like the first thing I did, we, I had a conversation with a, a golf pro buddy of mine. And he did it. He did it himself. He's running a golf course. And the first thing he did when he went out was pull the pin first round. He's (laughs) like, Oh damn it. But yeah, the first thing I, the first thing we did, we got to the first green and I walked up to pull it. My buddy's like, like, Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I Uh also think I, uh, I got a, um, what I'm calling a Corona hole in one. Okay. Because it, that thing, it was tracking at the exact right speed. And it went, it would have gone in the hole had it not been, yeah, the the way that the golf course did it, the one golf course that we played, of course, is the one time I hit a good shot. Um, <laughs> they, they had, it wasn't an elevated tee. It was like a flipped over tee or a flipped over hole. Yeah. So like, there was no way, like you had to be perfect to get that ball to stop. Even if you were a, like a four foot putt, would basically just kind of bounce out. Oh, and no. um, so, yeah, I, I hit it. It was like a little 125 yard wedge you know, uh, part three. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're certain my playing partner is more certain than I am that that thing would have been a hole in one. He, he made me buy drinks for him and everything. I was going to say it's because he, he wanted drinks. drinks. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, we're fine. We're, we're on the right trajectory, I guess. What about, what about you? You guys are still, is it still Corona 12 is a 12 minute thing, a Corona thing? Like, is it,
0: so we're it? still single riders in the carts and oh, okay. a big part of that is, uh, is the fact that our fleet simply not big enough to accommodate the cycling through of golfers. So yeah. we, we need to provide enough of a fleet to allow every golfer who wants it a cart, right? So okay. we have to keep it at 12, otherwise they're at one point we will eventually run out of carts. So yeah. the good thing is our, our GM has been incredibly focused on making sure they do everything to the letter of the law, uh, supporting uh, state regulations and expectations of what we're supposed sure. to do and how we're doing it. Uh, but fortunately for us, outside of not having the range and the putting green, we've had access to the course for, outside. Uh, I think, every every day but one weekend, which happened to be the best weekend of the year. But let's not talk about that. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's all done and over with. So, right. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not dinking. Uh, we have PVC in the in the hole, so okay. I've not I've not personally had similar close calls. But I do expect a drink to be bought by you, and I hope you save that ball so I can see it the next time we hang out. All right, fair enough. I think I have it, <laughs> I I have it somewhere. Oh, you better put that thing in the wall, man. I I believe you. I'm 100 percent with your playing partner. See, let's call it. Let's I... call it a one. All right, fine. I'm not going to argue because <laughs> I got none of them, dude. If everyone else can have one, I'm good with it.
1: Right. Yeah. I, it was funny because as we're watching that ball track to the hole, literally the first thing I said was, Oh no, because <laughs> I knew it wasn't, it wasn't going to, you know what I mean? Like, of course, of course yeah. this is going to happen. Right.
0: I read but, something um, on golf.com this morning that said, it was talking about the times that hole in ones don't count. And some of the samples are like taking a breakfast ball um you know putting one in the water first then doing it i'm like could you imagine the feeling which is why i refuse to hit two every once in a while i'll pull one out and i'll say good if it goes boys but it's obviously a joke (laughs) right Uh, but man you you just don't take two on a a par three at the risk of it right
1: (laughs) no i yeah i saw a dude um playing with strangers two two brothers i think they were i didn't know him um but yeah someone took a second ball on a par three and he like he shanked his first one, went directly into the water. Didn't even go, you know. Might have got off the tee box, and he threw another one down, and didn't really hit it that well. It hit it kind of short, but sure enough, man, that thing rolled in and dropped, and uh, no we didn't way. know what to do. We're like, you celebrate, man.
0: Put good, that thing in the wall, hole in good three, par, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Freddie Couples at Sawgrass. You remember that? Back That's in the right. 90s. That's right. Heck yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll let you go. So you're 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 the host co-host of Off Course with Rob Miller. Um any and available anywhere, podcasts can be found, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Including on thehackersparadise.com. And then the you have range days with with James, and that's on you, that's on the the Hackers Paradise. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes so people can find you. But, that's um, awesome. Go and follow Dan on Twitter so that you can join all the ridiculous arguments <laughs> that he yeah. and Rob have about ridiculous things.
0: Yeah, come chat with me on Twitter. I'm really trying to Really trying to put my face back out there. Uh, And if it means I have to judge you for saying golfing, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Thanks, Chris, man. I appreciate it. This is a blast, buddy. Thank you so much.
1: So that's Dan Edwards. Um, And seriously, for those that tune in every week, and I know we're Twitter pals and stuff. If you, if you aren't following Dan Edwards, go and find him. He's at Canada. Dan, he really is a good follow. And he does fit in with our silly little group. Because don't act like we all haven't gotten into little Twitter kerfuffles over nonsensical, meaningless golf stuff. That's basically why we're on there. So he'll fit right in. You'll enjoy his content. And if you like the gear stuff, definitely go and find Range Days. They do a great job breaking that stuff down. Um, And listen to the new podcast with Rob Miller, Off Course. So, and you can find all of that stuff. I think, I know the podcast and Range Days are available in, uh, you know, Apple and Spotify and all those different places. And of course, both of those shows are also on thehackersparadise.com. So go and check it out. And uh, I think you'll like it. I know I do. So uh, that's the show. Thanks again to those newcomers. Hopefully you made it through the whole thing, but you get the gist of the show. Uh, It's not terrible. <laughs> so, you know, subscribe, giving up maybe another week um, and uh, see if you, you start to like it a little bit more, even when your guy, your THP legend, Dan Edwards isn't on the show. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I'll, I'll do and I say this every episode for the newcomers is if you've got a story, if you've got your own golf origin story and we all have one and you want to share it, Find me on Twitter at Chris McEwen, and let me know. You can send me a DM, or you can just tweet at me, or whatever you want to do. Um, and we'll work on getting you on the show because uh, I love to hear the stories. I love to talk to other golfers. It's uh, it's fun for me, and then I think people do enjoy hearing the stories. A lot of times they can relate to it. A lot of times it's you know it's something totally different than what they've experienced. So um, yeah, but with that, I will say goodbye for another week and I will leave you with just a little bit more of Dog Problems by the format it's a very it's a bit of an uneven song so it sounds a lot different than it did when you heard the beginning of it but nevertheless it's an excellent song an excellent album highly recommend it go find it I think you'll like it and I will talk to you next week thanks again
0: Always be here for me He is for everything Even when we see it through say see, see is for seeing through you You are a fake, which brings me to A. Because, because you always run away I never feel as phrases I misspell Open arms and prison cells When I said I hate what i become I lied, I hated who I was So when you start to wonder about the pain in my throat Well, don't you ever